0: The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. Myself, John Norman. And Steve Harmison. And boy, have we got a show for you. Uh, You're listening to the following on podcast. So if you're listening, you no doubt know um, that England have suffered the worst defeat in their one-day international history. Yes, you heard that right. And if not, for a partnership of 70 for the last wicket, um, they were in danger or they were pushing. The worst defeat in the history of ODI cricket for any team ever. That's how bad it got, folks. How did it get that bad? Well, I'm not saying that in 20 years' time, we're going to be looking back at Joss Butler's decision to bowl first in the same way we do with NASA's at the Gabba at the start of the century. And, in fairness, somebody on this podcast will suggest that he thought it was the right decision at the time as well. So we can't all be wise after the event. But essentially... Butler won the toss, and after Quinton de Kock was out second ball, we all thought, "Well, hey, that was as good as it got." Though um, South Africa through runs through Van der Dussen put on 121 for the second wicket. Uh, Hendricks was out for 85, but when David Miller was dismissed cheaply with 13 overs remaining in the innings and the score reading 243 for five, we thought maybe, just maybe. A target of, say, 335 might be the order of the day. And quite possibly, despite England making three changes and going specialist only and completely changing their tactics halfway through a World Cup, um, maybe the game was on. But it wasn't to be. Uh, 155 runs later from just 12 overs, and uh, South Africa had won the game. England then lost it again inside six overs, where they lost uh, four batters. And they pretty much collapsed in a heat. Not uh, just uh, metaphorically, they did so physically. With uh, Cramp racking David Willey's um, thighs. Um, Reese Topley seemingly out of the tournament with a bust finger. Adil Rashid on and off the pitch more times than you could count. And even Mark Wood and Harry Brook receiving running repairs as the game went on. It was one of those matches and there's plenty to talk about here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. So, Steve Harmison, where where do we begin? Apart from this, was that the worst defeat? Considering England are still the champions, that you can remember in England's uh, history at the World Cup.
2: Yeah. Yes. I think the honest answer and the simple answer is yes I think we'd start with a positive <laughs> we won the toss and that's about when it comes to positives um I, where you start you start right from the yeah you know, the very beginning I, I didn't have a problem when Josh from the toss this morning he said he was gonna uh, he was gonna bowl first because the the one kd stadium is is a chasing you know the chasing stats tell you um England changed their team again. Uh, which I said on at the end of the last game, as I, I said I would do, I take Wokes and Corrin and go specialists, and put responsibility on people to at and bowl, um, and take responsibility that way rather than just trying to fiddle, you know, ten overs with three different people. Um, and our experience is in our our experience in our batting lineup. When you look at our batting lineup, best on the Milan, Root, Stokes, you know, forget but forget Brook and say Butler, yeah. And you go and say they're as good as one day white ball players that we've ever had. Um so kirsten and wise, I, I didn't have a problem with We're just you know going down that route. Obviously there was an issue with the heat. That was was huge. Um and that obviously has to be coming to the factor of that. Um the Reese Topley incident killed us. That's it. For me, that that was the start, I mean, of of Everything going wrong. The minute top, Topley got a bang on the hand, that was it for England. And just a a, a minor little thing, and I mean, small things make big, yeah, I text you at the the time. And just minor little things when it comes. We look ridulous quite a bit throughout this tournament and throughout today. Uh, Lack of, you know, maybe it's lack of communication, lack of leadership, lack of planning, whatever people want to say, because obviously England's preparation's come into it. But just one little minor thing, and it is a little minor thing when they have been beaten by 200-odd runs, is when you've only got five out-and-out bowlers and you have got one spare bowler, don't get them to bowl one ball. And that's what I mean. This is, this is uh, I mean, the smallest, minutest little thing. But that, for me, surely somebody on the field goes, hold on, you know, Johnny Best got to bowl underarm for that one ball. We've seen Verrett Coley bowl ball three balls the other night in the India game because they knew that potentially that sixth bowler might have to bowl 10 overs. Joe Joe Root was our sixth bowler. And and I thought, you know what? This might come and bite us because if toply doesn't come back, Joe bowls well, all of a sudden, you know, he can only bowl 9.1 overs. And that's a, just a small little factor that tells me on the field, where were the thinking? How were the you know, where was the mindset? Surely there was somebody in there going, you know what? Why, you know, he's got, he's our six bowler, so he might have to bowl 10 here. So, what, what we what we bowling in one ball for, but that was just a minute little thing which had no relevance on the game. What it taught me and what it taught me was that from a leadership point of view, there was some mixed thinking, there was some you know, a muddle of decision making when it come to it. And the heat of Mumbai has probably caused that, but they definitely the whole thing capitulated the minute Reese Topley walked off because. Then all of a sudden their bowling plans were were changed. Reese Topley and David Willey, two very, very good new ball bowlers and power play bowlers, not death bowlers. So I imagine Joss was looking for them to bowl at least 12 overs between them at the start, six each, seven each if need be, and get them in. And then when the field restrictions go out, I can get me fast men in, in Wood and, and Atkinson in it. And then all of a sudden when Reese walked off, it just seemed as though the water came in and. England just didn't know how to stop it.
1: The match started at half past nine. After six overs, South Africa were 18 for one with (laughs) Quinton de Kock out. Reese Topley then injured his finger. And that over, the two balls after injuring his finger were hit for four. The next ball was bowled by Joe Root. So seven overs in. um, I imagine that by that point, it, the the clock had just gone past ten a.m., maybe five past ten. At ten fifty, you messaged me saying we could be chasing four hundred and fifty from here. That is how quickly things changed, and that's how quickly it seemed to me that England lost control. And that for me, we haven't even got onto the one hundred and eighty odd that was scored, or one hundred and sixty odd that was scored in the last twelve overs. But that for me is a massive, massive concern, not just now, but moving forward.
2: The reason why I said that message and said what I, I sent you, because I did I did send you one just before that to say, why on earth did Joe bowl that one ball? And that for me was the the, the the sort of mentality of the way, what was thinking on the field, had the heat getting, the pressure getting and everything had come to it. And you could see once then Atkinson came into the party, I actually thought, I actually thought he bowled really well at the start. I really thought he bowled nicely. His first three overs were good. Mark would just bowl him fast. He's bowling fast. I was in, I've not had any communication with Mark since he's been there. I'd encourage him to make the, make the batter player straight bat shots as opposed to cross bat shots, especially in the smaller grounds. Make them hit you down the ground or try and hit you through mid wicket, extra cover, rather than trying to bowl the short ball where it literally could go anywhere. And at that pace, it's going for six. Um it, it just seems as though Mark's struggling to get he's caught between a rock and a hard place, whether it's a ball too short, a bowl too full, and he's not getting that in-between length where he probably would be more dangerous. And that for me comes down to preparation. Both three three competitive overs. You know, three competitive overs since the ashes. Mark Wood has. You know, you're asking him somebody to go into a World Cup like that. Yeah, just even the, even the thought, just even the sight of Jofra Archer, he's got nothing to do with his game, but even the sight of Jofra Archer running up and down the Katie Stadium yesterday in practice, bowling left arm spin, even the sight of that tells me what on earth, is what on earth are we thinking out there? What on earth are we doing out there? And I think it all came to a head in that sort of middle, that middle period, just after the power play, yeah, you know, the middle period, just before the middle in the middle over started, because it just it do, it does look as though England are rudderless. And you know the thought process, decision making, the planning on where we are trying to bowl. Adil Rashid, better player to 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 deal. Yeah. You know he was ill, he was poorly, and he's had to go on and off the field, on and off the field, he bowl ten overs for sixty one, at the Wanerly Stadium. That's great figures because spinners, a little bit like Cardiff, get smashed. Um, in, in that stadium so we can pick and choose about toss about preparation bumble out to go at preparation on breakfast we can talk about decision making team selection in the day we've got a very very good side out there and they just haven't performed they haven't performed to their best ability and there's one alarm and there's what the biggest mistake it's got nothing to do with this game but how on earth can you go into a game without Mo and Ali in India in a white ball game, it's beggars belief.
1: Let's hear from uh, the skipper, Joss Butler.
0: Yeah, disappointment. Um, yeah, really tough, tough defeat to take. Um, obviously, we were disappointed in, in Delhi um, and had a, a good few days and, and worked really hard and, and did a lot of things, hoping to, to put it right today, um, but uh, didn't didn't work out.
1: You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of aspects going on there, but where, where do you think the game
0: got away from you? Did that class in innings? sort of re- reset the whole the game at that point yeah i think that was the the main bit of the of the game um you know we had them five down there and if we could have found a way to to break that partnership and take another wicket um you know we could have looked like restricting them to to 340 or 350 which probably would have been a, a really good chase on that that pitch um you know i think getting up to 400 was um you know an excellent score you know, it sort of took the wind away from us and um it was always going to be tough from there. We needed everything to to go perfect to to pull off a chase like that.
1: And conditions-wise, uh, there was a, a bit of cramp going on. There was people looked best will in the world, knackered, sick, unhappy. Any any regrets
2: on your part for what, your choice at the toss, really, and not sort of sticking South Africa and
1: letting them have a bit of that?
0: Yeah, I think um, you always reflect after after games and sort of question your decisions. Um, you know, certainly with hindsight, um, you know, the, the sort of physicality of, of that innings, potentially batting first would have would have been a, a better decision. But, you um, know, I'm not going to sort of sit here and question that and in that sense and sort of say, you should have done this or you should have done that. It's the decision I took at the time. Uh, I thought it was the right one. And and I still believe if we were chasing you know, 340, 350, we would have um, you know, done really well in those conditions.
1: There's no surprise, Harmy, that he cut a pretty relaxed isn't the right word but he still seemed pretty unruffled he's disappointed you don't need someone to be smashing tables um pointing fingers and you know getting the old hair dryer out but there still remains a kind of unquieting kind of disquieting feeling about all this that really it does seem like it is okay to be angry as well. I wouldn't mind a little bit more anger. I wouldn't mind a little bit more passion at times. I, Owen I Morgan, after a defeat like that, and I'm not sure there would have been a defeat like that. Well, there wasn't a defeat like that. Not sure he would have been quite so relaxed. Um, and again, relax isn't the right word, but do you know what I mean? Do you think yeah. Josh Butler is, is the right, right person to be captaining this side, bearing in mind he's keeping wicket and he's arguably still our best batter, and maybe actually should be opening. That, for me, was another thing. I just think for all this talk about England going out there and, you know, getting on the front foot and playing their attractive, aggressive kind of cricket, well, when you're set 400, for me, you send the cap- I If cap- if Butler had walked out there with Besto, they still would have lost, but it would have been a statement of intent. It's about punching the opposition back on the nose. What is the last thing that Australia- South Africa would have wanted? They would have they would be quite happy to see Milan going out there, you know? But if Butler had walked out there, that would have sent such a statement to the dressing room. Yeah, I've I agree with this. that. I've, yeah. I've got this, guys. This is on me. Let's sort this out. Yeah, I
2: get that. And I agree with that, that 400 with Milan and Roots at two and three, something had to possibly give and had to change. But, you know, South Africa, South Africa got, you know, what were they, six... After six overs of eighteen runs, got off to a slowish start, and when you're trying picking holes in, in sort of saying right, just go out there and smash it. I think if you got if England got off to a good start in the power play and got seventy for one off ten, you're thinking I'm over the moon that I've got Joss Butler at six coming in, needing potentially needing ten and over to put pressure on them for the last twenty overs. He is the man to do that. Um, is Joss Butler the right man to lead this team? Of course he is. For me, he is. There's no question whatsoever. Does he come ranting and raving? What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? You you know, you you get beat by that margin. You get beat by that much. I'm sitting in the corner of the room. I don't need my captain to tell me how embarrassing that's been. Ben Stokes, one of the most experienced, you know, I've I've called him the best situation player I have ever seen Ben Stokes Josh, I mean Johnny Bairstow Joe Root they don't need they've been around the block far too many times to need Josh Butler to say, "Lads, look at that scorecard and, and have a really rant and riff but what's the point? There's no point you know? actions now speak louder than words you know, I'm not sure I'd have said anything after that I'm not sure I'd have lost my temper you know, we've all we've all played poorly but unfortunately you know what this is the fifth game and we've, we've not, not been that bad. We've been close to being that bad twice before. And that, that would worry me. We've put, to go on to, you know, why this is happening. Um, like Bumble said on breakfast, our preparation has been poor. Very, very poor. Um, going into this World Cup. We won 2019 because we prioritised 2019. Owen Morgan, in our country, told us that we were going to win the World Cup. We're favourites. We're going to enjoy being favourites. Now, we have probably prioritised the Ashes and the T20 World Cup over the course of the last 12 months. We are world T20 champions, and we should have won the Ashes. So who has who has fallen by the wayside? Fortunately, Josh Butler is in the position now that Joe Root was in. When we had that conversation, John, and I wasn't that keen on interviewing Joe because of my relationship with Joe and how much I've sort of respect the lad and played with him, and I was standing on the field, the third test match in the West Indies about asking him if this is the last game you're going to captain and where his England team was. I'm not saying England's one day 50-over team, team are there yet, but where Joe, where Joe Root was, Josh Butler's on his way because of the way 50-over hasn't really been prioritised. And unfortunately, that's, that's the nature of the beast. I, 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 if you're asking me who should captain this team... I'm 100% behind Josh Butler. We have prioritized the shortest form of white ball cricket and we are champions. We have prioritized the Ashes for the best part of 8 months and we should have won it. We haven't prioritized um white 50 over cricket like we didn't prioritize red ball cricket for the best part of 18 months and unfortunately this is the, this is the sad state we're in. These are still our best players that might be going past their best still our best players. And after a humiliating defeat like that, I don't think they can need a captain to tell them how poorly they've just performed. I think now it's about the actions. They're ma- mathematically still in this World Cup. I don't think they'll get anywhere near the semi-final, but they've got four or five games now to just wrestle some pride back. Let's hear
1: from Neil Manthorpe um, and... You and Neil will be back for the Cricket Collective, which is recording on Monday. But he was at the Wankady Stadium today and he gave us these thoughts straight after uh, that final wicket fell.
3: To be completely honest, John, um, the reaction is one of just shock. I mean, there's been no time to reflect on the individual performances. It's just There's just shock. There's not even anger. There's not disappointment. There's just kind of a catatonic disbelief at, uh, at what we've seen, just the margin of victory and the the brutality of the batting of South Africa at the end there are mitigating circumstances obviously I thought it was very brave of Reese Topley to get his finger strapped up and to come back um, we understand it is fractured um, or likely to be fractured uh, so to get his fingers taped up and then to come back and bowl at the death as he did but he clearly couldn't grip the ball properly I don't think he would have bowled so many full tosses but you know it, it, it England aren't the first team to suffer at the hands of uh, of Heinrich Klaassen, but then for Marco Jansen to hit the ball like he did—three fours and six sixes—and there was there was a, England were were down and out. It wasn't just Reece Topley's injury. Uh, you may have noticed. I think viewers would have seen Adil Rashid struggling with stomach cramps. He's clearly been very under the weather for a while. Um, you know, down on his haunches uh, while he was fielding on the boundary between every delivery. Um, so a heroic effort from him once again. But they are minor, minor, um, uh, well, uh, inconveniences, really, to be honest. I mean, you just don't lose by a record margin of 229 runs um, because you've got a couple of injuries. Um, They're part and parcel of the game. Really, uh, for South Africa to bounce back like that, I'll tell you what is interesting. The last time South Africa were knocked out of a T20 World Cup about a year ago was also by the Netherlands in the T20 World Cup. And there was just a sense then amongst the South Africans of disbelief and shock. Uh, this time, very different, very different. There was anger, real palpable anger. They were looking at each other and, and in the mirror, metaphorically, maybe literally as well. But there was a sense of anger um, about them letting it happen again. They were in control of that game against the Netherlands a couple of days ago and they were 170, uh, 140 for seven and they know that they let it slip and in many ways the big teams against the smaller ones they feel it's, it's worse letting control of a game slip uh, than not having control of it at all which was England's case against Afghanistan. But um, my, my goodness um, there was a, a real anger on display from South Africa and they managed to control it and that's not always been the case. In fact... I would say that an angry South African team has really been able to profitably focus that anger in the right direction, but they, they did tonight, England bore the brunt of it um, I think England are going to find it exceptionally difficult to, to reach the semi-finals now, they've got to win five in a row in the group stages, and also improve their net run rate, South Africa right back on track, they're in third place, they've got the best net run rate in the group they've won three out of four and, um, oh look they'll probably still find a way to mess it up. <laughs> they usually do. I'm sure there are some methods they haven't found yet over the last 28 years. Um, but uh, for, for now, um, some really deep wounds for England to, to lick. Um, uh, uh, yeah, They made wholesale changes. They said they wouldn't make wholesale changes. I think three changes to the team are wholesale. Um, I don't know where they go now, but I don't know how they're going to win five out of five. I
1: really don't. One of the things that uh, did spring to mind, Harmi, looking back at old interviews, is an interview that took place on Sky Sports Cricket and Ian Ward and Nasser Hussain spoke to Matthew Mott, the ODI coach. And for me, it was an uncomfortable listen um, because they they didn't go at him, but they certainly asked some pretty stern questions. You don't always feel that those questions are going to be directed so soon after a defeat like this one, but they were. And he kind of fell back on almost cliché. There was lots of talk on matchups and data and the analysts thought this. And he seemed ruffled and he seemed uncomfortable and it was uncomfortable. England changing tactics, essentially. You said that this is what they should have done. But to to go from a all-rounder heavy team to a specialist one, four matches into a World Cup, three matches actually, what does that tell you? Isn't that something that's a concern? Does it show flexibility? Does it show bravery, like Neil Manthorpe suggested at the start of the game? Or actually, does it show a team that isn't quite sure that it got it right at the start and is now trying to correct things kind of quickly?
2: Element of bravery. So work out that it's not working. Plan A is not working. And you have to have plan B. And plan B, the plan B was always going to be Ben Stokes. And he is a specialist, so... All of a sudden, you take that all-rounder out because you've got to fit Ben Stokes in. I think Harry Brook showed in the games that he's played, that he needed to play. So from that point of view, Livingston was always vulnerable. And I've been protect- out of uh, probably anywhere else other than the Wankati Stadium. You probably would have played the extra spin bowler, all-rounder than, than the out-and-out quick in Atkinson or Wood. And that's where Mo and Ali or Liam Livingston would have probably come in, and that might be the change for the next game. Um, but I think bravery that you you identified that, they're not performed. Chris Wilkes hasn't performed. You know, it happens. It happens. It, it does. In sport, it happens. You have times where you don't perform, and unfortunately, comes on a big stage, and Sam Curran has done the same. Yeah, my, John, my best My best mate in life, my best mate in life was captain of England gone into the biggest series in English crickets history in 2006-7. And the biggest person that let him down was his best man, and that was me. And I tried my best. I just, I just didn't perform. I didn't perform. I didn't do my job at the time, and I wasn't good enough. And unfortunately, I, 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 it, this happens. At this minute in time, Chris Wokes just hasn't performed. Neither is Sam Curran. They're not bad cricketers. It's just the way things have worked for them so far that they just haven't performed. So change was inevitable. How you change that when you've got to bring in a specialist batter and then you've got to balance the side. I thought there was a little element of bravery, but also you've, you've got to look at it and say, well, if I, you look at South Africa's side, they've got six, six batters, Marco Jansen and five bowlers. They have five bowling options, including Marco Jansen as the all-rounder. And they've got a little sort a little bit of fiddle, but that's it. Nothing. You look at the India side, the India side. You know, I've got, they've got six bowling options. Virat Kohli bowled three overs because they knew they needed that six bowler to make sure they, they had to bowl ten. But it, there's no. It's them bowlers have responsibility. Them batters have responsibility. If we're picking sides, which is we're picking four four players to bat for us, two players to bowl for us, and we'll fiddle thirty overs with people in between. Well, if they're not on song then all of a sudden we'll get found out. and Unfortunately, they've not performed, and we got found out. It's the end of it. At the end of the day, we have not performed to the level of what our individual players have got in our ability, and that's why we're in this position at all. So you can go on all-rounders, all, all you can go on team selection, you can go on tossers, you can go on whatever, but unfortunately, actions speak louder than words or anything you can think of tactically. Our actions have not been good enough, and that's why we're in a position we're in.
1: OK, well, you mentioned the South Africans. Let's hear from Heinrich Klassen, who top scored with 109. His 100 came from 61, and we talked about the England team on their knees, but he was on his knees for most of his innings. Uh, it was brutal uh, to watch him go through what he had to go through, but he persevered, he came through, he succeeded. We we know about Klassen. He has been classed for many, many uh, months now. The last couple of years, he's... Re- rejuvenated he's a mainstay within the side incredibly dangerous and one of the best backfoot players against spin that possibly has ever played the game uh, neil manthorpe asked him a question um in the post-match presser
2: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter
1: eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit Barbados dot org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados truly the best place to be a cricket fan
3: uh Heinrich I don't know how well you remember the press conference you gave after the England game in Kimberley when uh, we'd never heard at least I had never heard a South African player speak so honestly about selection and you said they want us to play brave cricket and when we fail they drop us um as much as you've done on the field do you because that has led to a, a massive change I think in approach to selection and consistency And do, do you remember that, that moment very well did, did it feel like you were being brave at the time um, definitely um, I know Lucy gave me guess about that answer um, but it was a time that we had to be honest and to be fair since then and just a little bit before that the selection has been quite um, consistent and you can see it in the way the boys are playing and the same group of guys are still here now after a couple of years. Um, so, the obviously, the consistency was there. It was more a message to the coaches to back us um, when we do want to play cricket. And we had some serious conversations about it. And everything is sorted. And the boys are on board and the coaches are on board. And that's why we're playing, I believe, cricket at this moment.
1: Any team can win the World Cup within reason. The South African side was written off six months ago written off four months ago then everybody got a bit excited after they beat australia uh in the series before the world cup then they went two from two and everyone got even more excited then they lost to uh netherlands and everybody was like hey what was i even thinking um and then today everyone will get excited again and they did it today without the captain as well Bavuma didn't play um how impressed have you been by south africa not just today um but throughout the tournament but looking at them where is the weakness? Where where will they fall down? I know we've just seen them fall down. They essentially bottled it against Netherlands. But they're going to make it to the top four, you'd think. Where would you worry if you were a South Africa fan? Um, I would worry that
2: if they lost two or three wickets in a power player, uh-huh. their depth from a batting point of view, and their uh, their ability to find a sick bowler. If, if somebody does what South Africa has just done to England, the carnage that was going. Um, their bowlers are are special. You, know, you Marco Janssen, I feel like Reece Topley's got this way of swinging it from a tall release point, but bowling full and not floating it, and still managing to make the the, the batter not want to come forward. You don't want to come forward to Marco Jansen. You don't want to come forward to Reese Topley. And with that, the swing he is dangerous at the top. And you got for me. Along with Jasper Bumrah, probably the best white ball bowler in, in in world cricket at this minute in time, and he's been like that for a while. in Kagiso Rabada, so I just I'm not sure they have got the the depth in batting and their bowling attack. If it goes awry, that or the variation in their attack, if it goes awry, that they can combat what South Africa have just done to England. If another team did it to them, But at this minute in time. They've got a plan. They're riding you know, a huge crest of a wave. And you know, Risa Hendricks as well. Where does Temba Bavuma fit in? Do you know what I mean? Where does he fit in? Because i seen Risa Hendricks hit two balls off Joe Root, one from over the wicket, one from round the wicket, over extra cover. And I've just said, um, I, I, I've obviously been to the, the Newcastle game, and I said to my son, Charlie, on the way home, I said, if any, are you going to get them clips? He says, you want to watch that. And I says, any coach should watch the way of Risa Hendricks, because the TV slowed it down and they showed it from a technical point of view that he, he, he did not know where, he knew where he was trying to hit it. He wasn't looking at it when he hit, when he hit the ball, once he had med contact. He made sure his head was in position, staying down, going with the ball, bang. And he knew as soon as it hit the middle of his bat, he didn't need to look up. It was six. And for me, you know, just the technical little things like that. South Africa have got it spot on at this moment in time. My only thing with South Africa, possibly with India, have they gone too hard too early? Where all their players have hit form just at the right time and you know it comes, it's coming every time. There's a massive tournament that there is a blip somewhere and South Africa are are, are well-tuned and well-known. To that to Their blip normally is a monumental one and it's normally at knockout stages. But at this minute in time, South Africa are in the top four um, and you know, they're giving India... Then New Zealand, a good chance, a good race for their money. Um, But they look as though they could get second or third, which means they don't have to play that dreaded semifinal against India because India will top the group. And then it will be, uh, it looks like now it's going to be Pakistan or Australia who potentially gets fourth place. That has to play India. But if if New Zealand plays South Africa in the semifinal, the way things are going at this minute in time, I think you'd have to back to Africa because they're playing unbelievable.
1: What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay, before we find out what happens moving forward from Harmy, let's hear what Joss Butler had to say after being asked um, a question uh, by the Daily Mirror's Dean Wilson following the game.
0: Joss, after three defeats out of four, the manner of defeats, I think this one is the heaviest that England have ever had in terms of runs. How do you kind of maintain that belief and and you talk about being quite logical about it logic says that this is a trend now rather than blips how do you kind of deal with that and and, and keep going yeah with complete honesty um you know i think you know it's obvious that we're we're not performing to our best it's my job as captain and along with the rest of the team to to work out um you know how we can get back to to playing that brand of cricket and and the style and the Not just only that, but sort of just playing to our potential and and getting back to our best. So, um, effort is a lot of. (laughs) Comes down to a lot of that. Um, A few things here and there, which we need to keep challenging ourselves on and and working on. And um, in this situation, that's all you can do. It certainly won't be anyone giving up or um, having those kind of thoughts. We'll just uh, have to dust ourselves down and stick our chests out and go again. And is this the? And is this the toughest? spot that you found yourself in as an international cricketer? Um, been in a few um, I've certainly experienced uh, plenty I'd say in, in my career So, which you know, makes you feel like you're in the best um, possible um, you know, place you could ever be to deal with something like this. So I've gone through lots of ups and downs in, in my own career in, in teams I've played in um, and there's certainly challenges but from challenges come opportunity um, and that's certainly the, the lens I'll be looking through
1: Stay calm and carry on. That's the message, pretty much, isn't it, Harmy? What what, yeah, it has do, to be. what what do we do from here? Because they've just made three changes. Um
2: made three changes. We may have to make some enforced changes. We looked as though there was a few of them out on the feet. Um I'll go back to what I said earlier in the podcast. Yeah, we've what have we played four five gear five games now and we must be an unbelievable side if we can't get Mo and Ali into a white ball team in India. He has to play now. Um, I think you know big decisions can be made. You know, is there a, is there a decision to be made at the top? You know, is there a decision to be made in in, in at the top? Does Johnny Besto come out? Do we do we go power at the top like you said? Do we go all out power and go you know Milan uh, Milan down the further down the order like Australia do with. Labuschagne and Smith and go three four and say Butler and and and, and Best they'll go one two, you know we've ripped the, we've we've already ripped it up. Now we we've ripped our all rounder thing up. We've now played specialists that's been ripped up. Um, I agree with Josh though. We have to stay calm because we've got we've still got an outside chance. We've got to back our experienced players, take responsibility and get us out of trouble. If they don't then they can put their tin hats on for that little bit longer and take the criticism. Um, but for me, the one person has to play, and it's not hindsight. I've been saying this for two or three games now, being consistent with this. My winner in in India in white ball cricket has to be one of the first names on a team sheet.
1: Brilliant stuff, Army. Thanks for your time. At least Newcastle won. Um, <laughs> you'll be better with manners on Monday. Um, and there's plenty of cricket. Plenty of cricket still to come. It reminds me of being in Brazil in two thousand and fourteen when England were effectively knocked out of the tournament after five days. And I remember we were all thinking all the talks were like, how are we going to get through the month? But you know, we were in Brazil watching a World Cup, so I haven't
2: I, I haven't even John, I haven't even got to India yet. I'm going to India next week. Oh, I have not yeah. <laughs> I haven't even got there yet. We've been saying <laughs> that in the football today as I was <laughs> watching. Saying uh, Wednesday is my last game against Dortmund, and I've got two, three weeks where I'm not going to be doing the football, and I'm I'm going over and England not even going to be in it. How's
1: your luck, uh, oh, mate? Take it easy, mate. We'll chat to you soon. Uh, you'll be listening. Please subscribe, review, tell your mates, uh, and we've got a YouTube channel, cricket YouTube channel, Talk sport cricket YouTube channel. Get involved. Go head over to YouTube and uh, subscribe to that as well. Lots coming on and up of over on talk sport on the channel everything uh, but for now that's it thanks for listening to following on.